Hey everyone, welcome back again to the Iconist Podcast. What? Still going strong. <laughs> I'm one of your hosts, the one and only Barry3D for Deep Dark Delicious. You know where to find me. Everything is at Barry3D.com. Very simple, even the link to this show. And on my side, the man, the traveler, the gypsy man, the DJs all over the world. From his house to you, to make you jump up and down. Like crisscross, if you wear your clothes backwards, you're just being fashionable. The one and only, my cousin, DJ Rod C. Hey! DJ Rod C. Let's go. Let's How you doing, cuz? I'm good, man. How you doing? How you doing? How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm very excited to keep this whole thing going for this month we got going. So as our listeners know and people watching it, this is Milestone Month. We mm. are giving, you know, kickbacks. In, no, not kickbacks. We ain't paying anybody, right? But you know what I mean? We, we talked we about budget. Milestone comics and the impact they've had with their characters over the time up to now. And before we jump in a little bit further into that, first of all, the usual round table. Remember, support your books. I just went up the other day to WoW Comics and I got an issue that I've been looking for, a graphic novel called Super Boxers. Picked it up, loved it. Uh, Mm. Thank you very much to the guys over at WoW Comics. And when I'm in Montreal, I check out Check Swings out on the South Shore. That's close to my old stomping grounds where both me and Rod used to live before we moved and came over here to Toronto. Uh, mm. Yeah, yeah, we miss our poutines. So definitely check out your Hold books. That. Also, make sure you check out Touch of Grey Matter, Touch of Grey Comedy, a comedy troupe I'm a part of. So that's myself, Barry 3D, along with Dave Sokolowski, Zalf Ali, and Thomas mm. Patrice. We are on the road doing shows all over. We have a couple of gigs coming up in Burlington for, uh, uh, you know, uh, a couple of fundraisers going on there in Burlington. We have some coming out in Montreal. So Montreal, make sure you get those dates in August 26th. So in Burlington, June 17th. Out in Montreal, it's August 26th, August 27th, a Friday, Saturday night show, two shows per night. Mm-hmm. So we're doing four shows altogether that one. Please come out, support, and, you know, bring out your centennial <laughs> high school books. Let's look at, make fun of me <laughs> when I had hair. Woo! And the one who makes us look so pretty on this podcast, the one and only <laughs> Jay Bird Digital Arts. Jay Bird Digital Arts. You know, once again, Jay, if you need anything done for overlays to posters and all that, everything that we have mm. done is done by Jay for our channel and for the Touch of Grey Matter. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Jay. Big shout out still to Mark. I know Mark, and I'm going to say this again. Uh, gave us some kind words, and he put out the New York City monster map. We, I put a link I, on our last video. I'm going to put a link again on this video. So, Mark, yes, thank you so much for being a fan of the show and, and interacting. And uh, I know Mark is is really out there, and he's got a fundraiser going for the animal shelter. So if anyone hears, uh, I'm going to got to find a link from Mark and put that up there also so we can share because it's all about having fun, having a good time, and giving back. There you go. It's all about networking. Let's help out each other. Listen, we're out here having fun, and um, we appreciate everyone who connects with us, communicate, talk to us, reach out to us, and just shoots the shoots the jokes with us. We appreciate that. And listen, what we got to do is build together. So yeah, when when we get that link, we'll put that in the bottom there, and we'll send that out. And everybody, if you got an opportunity, you're looking for anything that we have here, please check it out. Exactly. So make sure one communicate with us. We'll we'll write you back. We'll we'll chat. That's for sure. Two, we've got a Patreon page, so we're looking mm. to get followers on our Patreon page, and we have exclusive videos on there right now, and more coming on the way, along with polls that you can always uh, participate in, and we'll chat there too. 
So keep in mind, we have a Facebook page, an Instagram, uh, you know, I'm on TikTok because I'm on TikTok and so forth. We have all those there and we have a coffee page. If you want to do a one-time tip donation to the channel to help us grow, greatly appreciate it. So we're looking to kind of get those going. And we got, you know, I said on Twitter, we're active pretty much on Twitter also. Um, and as I said, we go on Barry3D.com. You can find everything I'm a part of and where to find me and what I'm doing next, be it online mm. or live. And nice. Rod, where can yes, they hear you? <laughs> you can hear me on the World Wide Web. You can find me on Twitch, DJ. So you can find me at twitch.tv forward slash DJ Rod C. You can follow me on Instagram at Mr. Rod C. That's M-R-R-O-D-C. Easy enough. You can find me. Listen. I'm on the Twitch. I'm always having fun. I was just playing today. Had some great times, some great vibes. Everyone was enjoying it for the last today, yesterday. Uh, listen, it's a lot of fun. Come on through. When you find me, say hello. And you say, yo, I saw you on the Twitch. You found me on the Twitch, but you found us on Iconics. Listen, pass with you. Iconics podcast. I'll be shouting you back. Follow you back. Let's go. All right. Right on. And with that being said, let's kick it off. We're doing our whole Juneteenth kind of month milestone because that's the theme. Sometimes we got to put some work into it. And today we are talking about hardware. Hardware? Hardware. Hardware? Now, I'm not talking like, you know, hardware, software, your computer upgrade. Please move on to whatever operating system you have on your computer. No, no, no. We're talking about hardware, the character from Milestone Comics. He was the out of the milestone characters that we created. Hardware was the first official book released under Milestone to open up this world. And man, mm-hmm. did these guys put some detail into all the characters they did. I, I think other creators, when starting a universe, shouldn't have done the exact same amount of work mm-hmm. that Dwayne McDuffie and team have done. So Dwayne McDuffie was the main guy behind Milestone. It was a division from DC Comics, but you know to get that publishing out there, they worked in their little office in the back and mm-hmm. created characters that are still standing the test of time now and have pushed the limits on social commentary. Nice. The, the, the archetypes and the technology the characters used, which has been used by both companies after the fact. Yeah, they, you know they say, uh, "What is it?" You know, copying is a serious, serious form of flattery. If someone copies you, yeah, I know imitation, Im- Im- imitation is a, is a great form of uh, flattery. Imitation, so right, that, and that's what they say with that. But in the hip hop community, they call it biting. I'm joking. <laughs> no, <I'm> not. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah, there's some things you can do and cannot do. You know, but of course, we understand what it's going to be. Mm-hmm. So. Um, I, I, I was sitting there and I, 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 it was fun to reread this character's books. Wow. Wow. And, and the arc that he had, and we're talking the original series, not when he came back for the new 52, even though that is important, we, we really just like to get you at the, the origin, the what? big bang, which I'm not talking about the TV show, but everything that refers into the Dakota universe is by the big bang that happened in their world, how they explain it in their books when you read the rest of it and when we talk about it. So, mm. hardware. Issue number one. Character was introduced in his own book in issue number one in February of 1993. Even though the cover date is are saying, you know, April of 1993, that's how they usually do it. Uh, right. And the artist was Denny's Cohen on issue number one. He, and he's worked for Marvel on different other books. 
from you know Power Man uh, and Iron Fist to to uh, Deathlock, uh, the you know Deathlock the Demolisher, who right. we've covered before. So about to say, yep, right, and and other books. So you know, g- good on them. And this was a kind of a they really gave a nice snapshot into what the world was for a person of color coming up in circumstances and, and how the frustrations that it would have. And that social social commentary, as important as it was back in 1993, still stands true today in 2022. Right. Can you hear me now? 2022. Right. That's a long time. It, it's a long time, and and keep in mind, 1993, right? This people weren't using Google or so forth to do certain things, as opposed to mm-hmm. now, like everything smartphone. Your your phone has more power on it than a Commodore 64 back in the day, and I know I have a Commodore 64. Not recording <laughs> this on a Commodore 64, you know, but yeah, go pull it out. So the the, the character there, and I mean, they had other archetypes, right? So hardware was when they had it. Milestone came out, and they had the Milestone Bible. And in this Bible, they detailed all the characters they had in there from the beginning. So they would have no misinterpretation of what the character would be, their persona and how they were and how they operated. So uh, hardware was fully fleshed out. Icon was fully fleshed out. Static was fully fleshed out. So this way, all the creators can sit there and say, okay, well, the character do this in a particular situation. And they kept it true to the character. I think that was really important. They wrote this book Bible, all detailed with backgrounds and everything. So we're just going to go into hardware. So hardware was his, his name was Curtis Metcalf, but he also went by Kurt. That was for short, you know, he was a genius inventor who grew up in an impoverished family, but his genius was recognized from an early age by the owner of this one corporation, Avis, and turned around and said, "Hey, look, come for me. I will take care of you by putting you in a mentor kind of program." Mm-hmm. And by fourteen, he was doing like MIT stuff. Right. And he got his background in, um, you know, uh, uh, robotics, nanotechnology, and geez, I'm missing something else. Uh, and I'll come to me in a second. But he's got like three main aspects. And he turned around and started working for that company. And while working for Avis company, he created a lot of, oh, nano, yeah, a lot of technology. And he kind of hit the glass ceiling. And it was his frustration with the corporate world. That caused him to become hardware. So as when Curtis was working, he created a, a lot of stuff, as I said. Right. He realized that at one point, maybe he should be getting a little bit more money for the patents that he created, the ideas he created, because even though he was on a salary, the company he was working for was making billions. $1 billion. Billion. Even though Curtis was getting well paid, he could have been mm-hmm. paid more. He more. Bill- the company was making billion. Off of his inventions and innovations. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, as I said, he was a child prodigy and he was discovered by the age of 12, 13 by Edwin Alva Sr. And, you know, so they, the parents thought, okay, this would be a good thing, give their child that education. He wasn't the type of child to sit around and go out and play games. But he did connect with his dad on one aspect, and that was boxing. His dad, you know, his dad's like, hey, you should go to play baseball or football. He was like, nope, nope, nope. Uh, but he saw boxing, and boxing kind of intrigued him. And his dad said, okay, I can teach you how to box. So his dad was a police officer and would teach him how to defend himself. Also keep him in shape. 
get him outdoors and active to keep his body active as well as his mind, which will serve him later on into his superhero lifestyle. Curtis uh, did a lot, and that was a frustration is that he went in there and he started talking to uh, Alva Sr. And he said, hey, can I get a raise? Can I get like a patent? Can I get like some credit for all the things I've created that has made you billions? And Alva looked him in the face and went, <laughs> no. Are you mad? Who is mortal? <laughs> and he was like, what? And he's like, no, 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 that's not right. That's not fair. I, I get you put all this effort into me and money into me for my education. Mm-hmm. Gave me a place to stay, a place to work. Um, gave me almost carte blanche in, in the research development. Gave me a team to work underneath me. Yep. But I've made you billions. And I think that by right, I should have my name on some of the patent. Yeah. A royalty or something in that regard. Yes. Yes. Um, and Al was like, no, that will never happen. Not while I'm alive. Never. So that promoted, you know, Curtis to turn around and say, okay, I'm going to look into him a little bit more to see if I can find something that'll give me some leverage. Kind of almost like he wanted to blackmail him. And when he came across is that he realized that his boss was doing a lot of illegal activities on the side and he was running a huge criminal organization. Right underneath everybody's nose so not only is he making billions legitimately he was making lots illegally and thought maybe at first he was looking for something to blackmail him and then he realized how wrong it was and he's like no i'm gonna hurt him hit him where it hurts in his pocketbook which caused him to create hardware hardware it's it's interesting when you you when you go through you start to understand that what Curtis was trying to do is just, you know, trying to make a better, better life for himself. But yeah. when he got the response from Alva, basically telling him, listen, we're not family. And this is one of the great things that I liked about the, the character and how in depth, like you're saying, Barry, in regards of the, the booklet, like the Bible telling you like what he will say and what they will not say and how they react. Basically, that conversation, the dialogue went similar in a sense, like saying, no, um, we're not family. I'm your, I'm your boss. You yeah. work for me. <laughs> that's, that's it. Let's not get it twisted. Let's not, let's not misconstrue or just misunderstand or misunder, you know, mis, misalign anything. Let's just make it clear. You work for me. So yeah, keep doing what you're doing. But Good you, job. Want, you want, you want royalty? You want, you want a part of this? No, 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 no. I brought you on. Yeah. I brought a prodigy and I brought him in. You work for me. Well, that's it. Toodles. So, uh, the, the yeah, and, thing, and like, the thing is, he can't even get out the contract. And this is the part I'm about to say. He couldn't Go even on. get out of that. No, but he wanted to get out. But that's when he realized that due to contract obligations, he couldn't do that. Again, this even shows that Curtis was trying to be as honorable as possible. Slash the contract made his, you know, most contract these days, like saying, you know, you try to leave this industry or sorry, you leave me. If you want to work in this industry, um, there's a certain time period that you cannot work with the competitors and so forth. So it just made it harder. So this, we're going back to what Barry's saying. Uh, your man, Curtis, he's kind of like, you know what? Let me see if I can find something to blackmail. But then along those lines, he realized like, hmm, no, I think I'm going to take it down myself. And I'm going to be gangster. I'm going to use your equipment. Yes. And transform myself into some type of way to bring down your organization from within with your equipment. Exactly. 
So the contract yeah. wasn't even like, okay, three weeks, you can't work for anyone else for three weeks or three oh, months. No. You can't work for anybody else ever again. If you want to work in this industry, never. It's either yeah. me or no one. And that's a legal binding contract that he had from way back that his parents signed, he signed. They all agreed on every, so, you know, uh, yeah. Mr. Alva Sr. had it covered. like ironclad. Uh, ironclad. He made sure he covered himself in all aspects. And again, right. when this was done, when, 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 Curtis was a young lad, you know, you know, it's going to school and everything like that and coming out. Little clauses? No one's going to think about that. Yeah, it's okay. You'll work with him, son. Don't worry about his son. You'll be okay. Parents are not thinking that, you know, how, how ironclad that contract was that will just, you know, hurt him in the future. But it's okay. Well, that's Curtis, it. And, Curtis and, has and a plan. Exactly. But, okay, but at the same time, he had a nice place. I mean, get, don't get it wrong. Curtis had no, no, his yeah. cars. He was good. You know, he had a, a good life. He walked into a building. The building that Curtis lived in had a doorman at the building as a professional doorman. Like you would see in some of those old school 80s movies. We walk in, it's like, good evening, Mr. So-and-so, where that doorman knows everybody's name. Yeah. And, and Curtis would be in and out. So he, he was living a good life. He could have been better, but he was living a good life. Mm-hmm. Now, what gets me is that this here is also a reflection of Dwayne McDuffie, who was one of the creators mm-hmm. behind, you know, the, the main force, I would say, behind Milestone that you hear his name. That was his frustration. His frustration is when he used to work for Marvel, he wanted to do certain things and, you know, he hit the glass ceiling. They kept putting him down mm-hmm. and not putting him down by de- de- degrading him, but they just want to let him go and excel as much mm-hmm. as possible. Correct. So he was also writing his own frustrations in there as a person of color and also relaying that as people of color within the corporate world, you know, what they would have to go through and hit mm-hmm. and not get past certain ceilings. Right. Uh, things have changed a lot for the better this day and age now, but back mm-hmm. in 1993, yeah, there, there was no uh, black lives matter. For example, there was no woke culture. There was a lot of it that was, done and as a person of color you just had to say well that's just part of the way of life you just got to find the lesser of all evils at times to kind of excel as far as you could excel because you know you weren't going to get past a certain thing just because of the way you looked simple as that so that does get a lot of that frustration in there he conveys that very well through this character so this character's archetype you know every arc you have your famous archetypes and this character's archetype was based on Batman. What? Right? I see it. I yeah, see it. Yep. This, this character's archetype was based on Batman. Um, and, you know, because it's one of the archetypes that works. He's the angry man, right? Technology-based and all that. If you got to put in other terms, to me, he was a mashup, if you had to look at it, of <laughs> like, if, if you had to be Marvel, of Iron Man from Marvel Comics meets right. Night Thrasher from the New Warriors. Nice. Put it together. There you go. You know, McDuffie, Dwayne McDuffie's influence of getting more of this character's persona was him walking in and watching the movie Unforgiven with Clint Eastwood. And he walked out and went, okay, got it. This is, this is going to be it. That's, that's his kind of revenge tale of doing hardware. So you get where the writer was coming across. That's how I take it with the Iron Man and Night Thrasher kind of meeting up. Right. You know, if you even look at the color schemes and so forth, the attitude. Yeah, I can see that. That, that's my personal two cents there and how he goes forward to it. So 
Yeah. I, 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 once again, I, I, I enjoyed it when I read it the first time. I enjoyed rereading it again. And I'm like, wow, yeah. Why is this character not around more often? <laughs> Listen, you know, that's, that's part of our, that's part of our function. Our, our mission is just to, you know, relight the fuse for a couple of people. So bring it back. <laughs> we just saying, we just saying, but we'll get to that part later. Right. On. Right. So let's get into a little bit of the character. I mean, and when we say that certain things were taken from this character. So first of all, in Mm -hmm. 1993, in this first issue, Curtis turns around and says, okay, I'm going to turn around and bring down the establishment. I'm going to bring down all his illegal operations using his equipment. I'm going to make a secret lab within his lab. So it wasn't like his secret headquarters was in 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 an outer space floating satellite. No, it wasn't like he was, his headquarters was in a cave. No. Hardware's headquarters was in a forgotten section of Alva Corporation's main office inside the lab that he works in, in a forgotten part that was sealed off that he reopened and gave himself access to using their own equipment against them. Gangster. Gangster. That's just full-time evil. I'm going to use your puff against you. Oh, yeah, by the way, I'm going to use it in your section in your backyard. What? Don't worry about it. Don't worry about that garage back there. You forgot about what? Don't worry. Don't worry about it. Right? It's all good. Oh, okay. This is how cool this is to me and how brazen this guy is. (laughs) That means he walks into work. Talk about it. Does his job. Talk about it. Says, I need a 15 minute break. (laughs) And runs into a secret lair. Still (laughs) at work to check some things out or bring something in. Comes back. How's your break? It was good. I had a juice box <laughs> and a swarm and some cookies <laughs> and, you know, or some chips. I'm good. And he's back, <laughs> meaning he's still at work and he's working within work. He was multitasking. Listen, listen, what you're trying to say, not saying he was still on the payroll. He was on the he payroll. Was on he was payroll. on, he was on payroll and he was taking out, taking him up with him. Right. That's gangster. That's gangster. Oh, man. It's not like he was fired. And no. he left the company. I'm still inside here. I'm still on the payroll. <laughs> still, look, it's like Superman if he had the so- Fortress of Solitude within, you know, the Daily Planet. Hilarious. Right? It's like Peter Parker you know having what? a well-done closet at the Daily I'll, Bugle. Listen, I'll, I'll um, even tell you. It's, you know what it's like? What? And we've seen, we've seen something like that. If you uh-huh. go to, uh, which was the second Batman? Was that Batman? Which the out of the trilogy with Joker? Oh, right, 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 right. So basically, it's the the, the scene basically when Joker the Dark Knight rises. Yes, the Dark Knight rises. So yeah, the same the scene yeah. when the when the when the Joker was coming into the party and Bruce is now walking through like you know the panic room and all that kind of stuff. Whatever it yeah, takes to be like, right. um, um, how did you? Wait, don't worry about it. This is my this is my own panic room. So basically, he had himself already set up within there, like saying, "I'll be right back." Right. Anybody seen Bruce? Uh, yeah, I saw Mr. Wayne. I, I scored him out the back. He's safe. Okay, good. Thank you. Mr. Cuff. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Like that, that, that's gangster. Like, okay, it, but it's not even his own building. That's how boldly he w- went to work for someone else who pissed him off, who made a secret headquarters. That's like you being in the office and you're like, well, I got a little corner in the office building that nobody goes to that we forgets about that one cubicle that I'm going to make my little oasis when you walk away. <laughs> Hilarious. Man. 
genius. So it was well-funded because he had a limited budget. So there was nothing about, oh, I need this, I need that. They're not going to look at it because I think it's be part of a project that he's yeah. working on. So it, he didn't have to worry about budget. He didn't have to worry about storing anything. He gave himself access and he turned around and created a lot of stuff. So first thing he created was this. So if you look at his costume, his costume has a black undertone from head to toe and mm-hmm. it kind of distorts his face. So he has a machine that he walks through that's almost like a liquid metal, like a liquid polyfiber kind of thing. So he walks through this giant kind of circle of circular door ring, right? And he walks through and it, and it sticks to his skin and it cools down. And then that there mm-hmm. gives oh, him oh. added strength, dexterity, resistance to small caliber weapons. I'm like, wow. Okay. So liquid metal. Now, if we look at some of Iron Man's costumes mm-hmm. after 1993, guess what they started to use in the comic book? <laughs> hmm. Listen, if you want to, for, for us in the real world, if, not the real world, but if you want to get a visual, think of it when Solo, when Han Solo got, um, oh, why I can see it, when he got in that particular... Oh, the carbonite. The carbonite, thank you. In my head, I said, it's a carbonite, right? But basically, just instead of getting him freeze, he kind of like walked right through and he just got to covered him right across. Curtis yeah. was carbonated. He was carbonated. Yes. And leave it at that. Leave it at that. Yes, which hit his features. <laughs> Right, but he still was able to talk and open his mouth and still able to breathe, but you know, still protected him. And this is you know, technology that he got from uh Icon that he helped retro, you know, retrofit to kind of uh to to understand it and use this to his advantage. So that's one that's that's just step one. Then he would throw on all the armor on top of that, right? The Mm -hmm. big shoulder pads and chest plate. Which, you know, so first it really came from his helmet and his helmet had nanotechnology that would help build the rest of the stuff. And then his shoulder pads had the, the, the power the packs onboard, for it, right? The onboard computer in that regard and that kind of thing. Onboard computer. In those, in those days, yep. Dolby, right? So it, he had it all. And then Dolby is an acronym for uh, what he calls onboard. His, it was it onboard computer? Onboard computer? I think I've never seen that. Is it OB it or? Just, yeah. Oh, it's Obi. It's Obi. Obi. My it, mistake. My mistake. Obi. 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 But it was basically Obi was on board computer. But instead of saying the computer part, it's Obi. Right. Like, okay, you're being cute. Nice. So once again, that that AI on board computer. Hmm. Iron hmm. Man and Jarvis. Hmm. Huh. Interesting. Back in 1993. Okay. So we got it. Okay. Cool. We're moving on. So he, he he's got the armor. He's got the, the the power armor, and then he's got nanotechnology, which allows him. To, you know, first he would bring things with him that he would need, but then on top of it, it would allow him to create things that he needed at the time. And then, of course, he had his flying car that he called Skylark, which I thought was funny. Because, Why is that, Barry? Well, when you hear in the West Indian term, stop Skylark, well, you Skylarking, you know, <laughs> means stop joking that? around, stop being the fool. Hmm. And this thing was called Skylark. <laughs> Very funny. Very funny. Very funny. So, right. So that, that, that's his basis of weapons. And then of course you see me had like chains on there with a hook and he went out with a very angry attitude. He would go there and he had like wrist cannons on there. And one of his wrist cannons shot different types of things from, you know, gas pellets to um, explosive grounds to different things that he would have on there. And he would get in there and start, Taking the, the information he found 
about his boss's legal activities. He wouldn't hurt anybody innocent. He would go there to these places, like let's say the storehouses, to stop all this weapons cache, to destroy everything. Anyone there, he would stop them hard. It wasn't even the fact that he would give them a chance in the earlier issues. He went in there and said, nope, you're working as a criminal. You're going to die. And he was Simple. killing people. Yeah. At first, you see him, okay, he's going in there and he's killing people. Like he was just that angry, angry at his situation, angry at his boss, just angry at the world, thinking he got short changed. And there was a couple of aspects that come out from that. So I like that they do touch on it. He got in there and started killing people. And he's like, and he justifies it in his head. Mm-hmm. And I think it's about issue seven, he turns around. Um, so, uh, you know, and then you realize you, you meet one of his co-stars are, uh, in the book, right? Uh, Bakari. And she was his love interest. Now, even though he loves her, she loves him. Well, I'll say maybe loves a little bit strong, but I mean, they really want it. Like, I guess love is there, right? He does say he loves her. So, you know, they do love each other, but he says, I won't have a relationship with you because I, I value our friendship too much that I don't want to screw it up. And she goes, well, I want to have a relationship with you. But you're the one that keeps holding back. And he's like, no, I don't want to because I'm afraid that if I have that relationship, I'm going to ruin it. But he is a little bit of a womanizer prior to that. But he knows that this woman is the one, but he's afraid to take that step because in his mind, he thinks he's going to screw it up. And when she finds out by fluke that he's hardware, she doesn't even, he doesn't even try to hide it or, you know, it was after big battle. He's injured. He's back in his, his room. She goes uh, to see him because no one's seen him in a couple of days. She has a key to his place. She walks in, sees him on the bed. She's like, what is this? And he goes, okay, look, I'm hardware. <laughs> he didn't even try to, oh, this is a misunderstanding. I was trying to do something. No, no, he was very open. Like, no, I'm hardware. This is what, and he took a couple of hours, explained to her what he was doing, why he was doing it, all the things he was doing. Mm-hmm. And what I loved is her lie. She looked at him right in the face and said, you running around killing people, causing all this property destruction because you can't get a raise? <laughs> and when she broke that down in that one sentence, I was like, oh, snap. <laughs> Everything we're with this character is like, yeah, stick it to him. Don't let Whitey take you down. Stick it to the man. Take it to the, burn down the bridges. I was pulling up my public enemy albums. Burn Hollywood, burn. <laughs> And then she's like, you did all this because you couldn't get a raise? And he was like, eh. well, no, it's it's a bit, well, huh. Okay, that's mm. a, you know, that's you just have simplified the whole process. Oh, okay. Took the wind out of my sails. <laughs> Oops. Oops. Did I do that? Yes, yes, you did. Yeah. Yes, you did. Y- yeah. Yes, you did. The, the cool oh, part about that old Batman is when she said that, it took the wind out of, like, the, you saw his whole persona change. And then I think it was the next issue after that he came in, or I'm not sure, uh, it's a bit of a blur, but one of the issues still under, you know, 10, it was, I think it was seven. Don't hold me to it, but I know it's one of the issues. He ha- he goes to sleep and he has a whole nightmare scenario of hardware killing people and all the people that he killed have come back. All the people that he's named have come back. You know, so he wakes up and he's having a conversation with a guy who he cut off the arm of this one guy and he's sitting there saying, oh, okay. And he tries and he's sitting there as himself. And then they know next panel, he's in hardware armor and he shoots the guy and the guy says, oh, it's okay. I'm going to come back. And then all the people that he's killed have started coming back, showing that his conscious is now saying, I have killed people. This was not right. Regardless of they were criminals, I shouldn't have killed them. 
and this is now starting a little bit of a change because now he's got that guilt of things he's done wrong. The, the woman that he loves has kind of said, you're taking it too far. She's like, I can understand where you've gone to a certain point, mm-hmm. but you shouldn't have killed anybody. And from that moment, it shows how much he respects her because he changes his approach to being a hero. And the thing with him being a hero, he keeps everything underground. He's not out there doing newspaper you know, articles mm-hmm. and interviews and all that. Everything is a very, that's why he's kind of Batman-ish. He's almost a myth. The, the, the villains hear about him. You know, uh, he's got other obstacles to go about the way, but I find it very interesting. And without hardware, in my opinion, we wouldn't have gotten a lot of characters like Ironheart from Marvel, the technology that's used with Steel and Iron Man and some of their issues and comic books. No Miles Morales would be around, in my opinion. Okay. Right? I mean, it really opened the door yeah. to black people being represented that way in the comic book industry as they are right now. That that's that's my two cents. No, 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 no. Good 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 two cents. Good two cents. It's a good two cents. Let's go. Okay. <laughs> you know, and, and it goes on. You got you, you know, as I said, so there's a lot of other characters and supporting characters in there. So there's uh Bakari Young, who's his girlfriend, and then there's uh uh Jolly Jock or Don Cornelius, right? Okay. Who's a, a mob leader, you know, and he helped fake the, the death of hardware at the hands of Harm, so this is another part of the storyline, and, and he's he's been there. He's helped. He's crisscrossed over with Static, and he's helped Static. He's he's even set up Static. If you read the the News Fifty Two version of Static, there's like a little mini series, or I don't know if it's supposed to be a mini series. It came back with Static Shock, and they brought him back. And then you know you see Virgil working at, you know, a company right. that Curtis is running and owns, and he gives him his own lab in there because he realized that static himself is a you know a smart guy so a place where he can go and put up his little board and, and you know help him develop his powers more so he's given him that he's helped icon you know repair his communication device so he can reach out to his original home planet and we'll talk about this more when we talk about icon right so he, he he's 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 that smart of a guy he's just angry he gets less angry as time goes on but he, he's he's angry and he knows it too he he even refers to him as like yeah i i know i can be an, an a-hole i know i can be an a-hole so he's he's fully aware of his attitude at times could be a little bit too much and he does soften up but mm-hmm. you know his his adventures going on it, it, you know he's not just dealing with like techno villains he's dealing a lot with street crime and his whole thing is stopping weapons from getting out there in the area he was living in. Um, and not even so much in his area, because his area, he lives in a nice area, a nice neighborhood. But in the more of the impoverished area, stop, as I said, really trying to stop things at the source and bring this company down. That's his main That's his goal. goal. That's his goal. Yeah. Totally. Totally understand. Yeah. <laughs> I know I've been doing a lot of talking. Rod, what are you oh, saying? Oh, man? Oh, what, what, do you, what do you think about it? So, so what I like about... So it's hard. It's like, what else can I say other than what you've been talking about? Uh, Curtis Hardware, but his his persona is that, like you said, there's a certain point you start to see that he started to mellow out. And as yes. you point out, because they wrote it in properly in the sense of like we're having a character who understands the value of what he's doing. Like he's like we're we're expecting this character to be coming out. Okay, I'm all guns in. You know what? You're not giving me what I want. 
and everything along that line. You know what? I'm going to stick it to you. And I'm going to work from within. I'm going to use your own equipment and you want to, you know, work from within and just stick it to you. That type of scenario and come out all guns told. Great. He could have been, as we started, he could have been a similar parody off of Batman where Batman Bruce is like that. That's how we know Batman to be consistently. He's like mm. that from when he started to now. Bruce Wayne, a.k.a. Batman, is still the same. What I like about hardware, Curtis Mayfield, is that they gave him the opportunity to write it in that he was hard, a hard person. But his reasoning for coming out as hardware, I used to the reality check kicked in. I was like, yeah, I guess I didn't get my raise. So let me really think about this. And he changed his whole persona. And that was a great way that you read into the character showing him that you know you actually have you have to live with the consequences of your choices you understand yep. that what you are what you are doing um there's you can make a change you have a choice you have a choice Bruce Wayne has a choice love him to death yeah. Bruce has a choice he yeah. doesn't have to be so gully and a man of the night and just everybody has a choice so you know I, that's what I like about it so the writers did great like I said, they really dove into the character. And I really, honestly, for, for most characters, when you start seeing that type of development within and they start to go one way to another and it's not sticking to one particular MO mm, yes. all that time, it shows that, listen, we're going to change it. Even if you do a, a particular MO and then five years later you change it and then another five years you come back, hey, people do that. People change. Not everybody exactly the same stamp printed printed like that for the rest of their life. No, so this is a great thing. So, um, for me, mm-hmm. I like I like I like the character in, in that regard. So that gave me some good insight of when we get to our point later on of who we chose because of stuff like that is what made me think like, okay, I like this guy. I I like what hardware is doing and. We'll get to that part later. But right, all right. I can say is all all I can say is um his the characters that he, he people that he he his um I was gonna go I was trying to go reference back to the Big Bang. Right. Again, it just everything developed out. He was one of those people who didn't develop out of the Big Bang due to any type of um um chemical changes to his to his you know to his DNA and you know like Nope. Like we talked about static, um, you know, Rocket didn't do that. I mean, we'll, when we get to when we get to the last group, when we get to the Blood Syndicate, we'll, we can yeah, exactly, delve exactly. into there. Hard- hardware was Hard- a, a man a straight, through and through, no changes. Yeah. He was not affected no. by the Big Bang, you know, at, at all, right? It's just that that's their, their start po- jump part that you use for everyone that's part oh, of your powers. I'm, but that's what I like about it. That's what I mean. That I like also about that, again, creating that universe. Everybody was all stemmed off from different aspects, whatever it is. So again, exactly. Again, like the Batman type of scenario, you got a man, which, which, where do I remember seeing that line? Like, see, I mean, you're just a, you're just a man in a bat, in a, in a suit. I think, I think it was like Aquaman. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So you, so you run around in a bat suit. Okay. Like it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. And, and just give you some ideas of what, when I say technology, what this, what he has as a character. Mm-hmm. So, okay. right. So it, it is Dolby. Right, which stands for yeah, digital yeah, onboard I, I really... integrated electronics. So that's who he talks to. That's his AI there. Yeah, um, the sure. black armor we talk about is an inertia winder, um, and it helps absorb kinetic energy and so forth. You know, he's got a, a quick pick where he's able to use um, 
you know, the, the, the technology in his gloves, like nanotechnology to go in and unlock doors, a sonic mm-hmm. drill, you know, uh, weapons. He has what we call an omni cannon, and his omni cannon comes out from his chest. He can only use it three times before the armor is totally depleted, but it's, it's that strong. He's got a plasma whip, you know, and it can cut through stuff, or he can just use it as like a grappling hook and retract, right? Uh, he's got a retractable sword in his gauntlet that comes out and extends a different eight, you know, uh, uh, length. So it can go up to 36 inches or a little bit more. Mm-hmm. You know, he's got an energy field, a fluid gun, flow gun, holographic projection system to make copies of himself around. So a lot of this was there, right? And of course, his transportation, as we said before, the Skylark. Well, you, it's, stop Skylarking, right? He's got a jetpack. <laughs> so he, he's up there power source wise. And they got to make sure around. his name his name is hardware. See, he has to have more than one or two or three yes. pieces of hardware on him for actually yes. justifying his name. So that's the great thing about it that we're we're great that he is such a genius. But we got to go back to the starting from the starting from the point. Right, Curtis is a is a highly intelligent individual, technology genius type of way. So basically, he has the ability again, evil from within. Creating all of these pieces of hardware within their backyard. Hilarious. Yeah. Kratos burn. Kratos is crazy. Oh. rub. And this, and this is what picks, and this is what I liked here. As a person who I love music, obviously, right? We mentioned mm-hmm. it before. I uh, love dancing. So be it if it's hip hop or house, you know, funk, whatever. I love dancing. I, that, that's where I really got my start into, let's say, the realm of showbiz. And, and still love it. Rod, clearly, his name is DJ Rod C. I mean, we, we know what Rod does. It's, it's in his name. The books and the titles for each comic were unique that it showed that they were really a part of the culture mm-hmm. and, and had different interests because they would always throw in names of a particular song, a line from a song, an album, so for one of, you know, hardware's, um, you know, they had a female, uh, that was trying to take him down and almost made an armor to combat hardware. And, 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 you know, the name of her the issue, right? It's a normal issue. It was just called mm-hmm. don't sweat the technique. Just saying. Just Man. Saying. Now, just anyone reading it that doesn't, that doesn't know hip hop is going to say, Oh, don't sweat the technique. Okay. They're just trying to be funny. No. Don't sweat the technique is Eric B and Rakim. Yeah. Ah, ah, that's classic hip hop right there. Making the connections there. Right. They've had stuff going back from, you know, public enemy, uh, all these songs at the time in the nineties, they were huge into, into the hip hop culture, right? They had, you know, static, static, who we covered just before static was named after when they were trying to create static it was a popular song by james brown where they said we need a name of the character static don't start none won't be none <laughs> don't, you don't want no static don't start none there won't be none and that was actually one of the names of his issue it was said static and then the name of that issue was don't start none won't be none <laughs> so if you look at milestone and you wanted to see some cool hip-hop references funk references Look at the titles and then Google the title and say, what's who sung that song? Just put type in the title, who sung that song or said that lyric. And you will have a, a great Spotify playlist 
that you can take with you. And worst case scenario, when you log on on Wednesdays on Twitch TV, you know, slash mm. DJ Rod C, you can yeah, make a request for one of those songs to hear it if you don't even know what it sounds like. We could probably do that. We could definitely do that. We could definitely do that. Just saying. Yeah, just saying. Yeah, just say, yeah, yeah, get Rod to play it. Get Rod to play it. He'll shout it out. Okay, Iconis, heard this. Don't sweat the technique. Dun, 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 right? Oh, man. You might even catch me on there going, about time someone said it. Uh, I'm, I'm still looking for an issue saying Saturday Love, but that's okay. I'll make my own. You got it. Don't worry, man. I got you. I got you. I got you. <laughs> so now this brings us down to our part of the show where we like to say, who would we cast to do mm. hardware? Right? And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let Rod take the lead on this one. Rod, Rod, who you got? In what medium is it? Is it animated? Is it a series? Is it a movie? You know, and and out of that, who who? How would you see this coming about? Is okay, it- so so I will say, the main greatness about um, what we're doing right now, we're doing the milestone dedication, basically doing their characters. I would love it to be uh, a series. Why? Um, well, we'll get to that part shortly. Mm-hmm. You know what we what we've been saying, and we're continually saying for every week going forward. Um, but a series would be great. Could we give us time to grow, develop, and as well? Again, we already know there's a Big Bang universe. There's a coder, the coder universe. In that regard, we can now interchange, intertwine, visit, follow up. They're all in the same city. So it goes back to how was how we always said. Um, again, everybody's in New York, and how you mean these guys are not interacting with each other. So it's the same type of thing. So with that, I would like to bring to the table Trevor Jackson. Trevor Jackson. Trevor Jackson, you say, who he, who he is. Let me get that for you. Trevor Jackson is, if you ever watched the show, the movie uh, Superfly, he yeah. was the main, he, he was basically Superfly. That's oh. one. That That's one. So I wanted to go with that. So the very... Uh, he has the ability to be that gun hole type of individual that I'm saying like, yeah, you could be a problem. You might hurt somebody type of scenario. And again, he's smooth enough because he's also played um, Aaron in uh, Grownish. So the, the spinoff to Blackish. Right. So again, he's a young character and everything in that regard. So I'm now portraying him when he's in his in his mid twenties, in that you know regard, so that's where my mind is. I'm I'm going from that. We're gonna have have other characters, another character represent him when he was smaller, when he's thirteen, and so forth. But I wanted to have uh, Trevor as my main as my main character to to hand to handle that that particular show. Okay. 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 I can see that. I can see that. Right. When, when you look, when you look at him, he's a smooth. He's a smooth, like you're saying. You, I see you said earlier, which is true. He's, a, you know, he's a ladies, he's a ladies man and stuff along that line. So I want someone to have that particular persona, that face, that that image mm-hmm. to portray to be mm-hmm. like, uh, I'm a smooth, I'm a smooth character. As you said earlier, as an example, he basically where he was living, he was living well. He was mm-hmm. living well, six figures kind of scenario. He was living well. So you're gonna have a smooth person, super flat. He'd be walking in all smooth and everything like that and everything like that, you know, but have the anger and have the ability to say, like, what do you mean you're not giving me a raise? Oh, okay. I'm a high intelligent genius. 
I got plans for you. Trevor right. Jackson. All right. I like that. I like that. I'm, I'm, I'm going, uh, oh, okay. I see it. I see it. So I got my criteria. So I looked at someone that I wanted to have physically fit the role to mm-hmm. portray the anger, the deep thought, and be able to show that emotion on his face and with ac- actions from what he starts within the first, I say, 12 issues, right? Right. Um, but someone has still got to be impressive. But as I said, he's got to be smooth, too, because he's, he's got to be easy to look at for the ladies. Got you, ladies. So I was going with uh, Mikad Brooks. Now you're going to say, who's Mikad Brooks? And I know everyone's going to say the same thing. Mikad, spelled M-E-H-C-A-D, Brooks, played Jimmy Olsen in Supergirl. And he Unity, played Jimmy like, Olsen in Supergirl. Name was from the, I was like, why did I really know that name? <laughs> okay. Okay. So so that, that's good. It's already right. going DC. Now, so you're sticking with DC. Yes. Okay. Now, hear me here. So first of all, I get, yes, I know how they show him in the book that he oh, has hair. I see where you're going. Mikad okay. is, is bald, Touché. but when he grows in his facial hair, mustache, a little bit of a, a goatee or, you know, it, it does throw off, you know, he doesn't look so like much of a baby face, but it suits him more. I find him better looking with a little bit of the mustache and a little bit of the pinch at the bottom than him totally clean shaven. So that's one. If you look at pictures of him on Instagram, you'll see how hot this man is. This man mm-hmm. is so cut. He cut diamonds with his pecs. So, right, he's got the height. He's got that voice, smoothness to him. Yeah, yeah, in, yeah. In this here, now, now, this usually I'm saying do something as a series, uh, as a streaming series and kind of really get into it. With hardware, I don't think we need a series. I just think we need a good movie, okay. right? And with a movie, my thing is it's got to be a trilogy, though. It's got to be a trilogy. Right, okay. or, or if they can't even get a trilogy, it might be a little bit too much. Give me two pictures, two pictures, one picture really introducing hardware, and and take good aspects from the first twelve issues, you know, and put part of that in movie number one, the other part maybe in movie number two to wrap it up, or do uh, do the good parts in movie number one, mm. movie number two, have him crisscross with. You know, uh, the point is, like, I'm looking at it as, like, if I say three movies, it's got to be movie number one, movie number two, and then have them crisscross with some of the other characters that we're going to talk about from Milestone in a big event, right? I want to lead up to a Avengers-style kind of event, lead up to Warner Brothers, and I know Warner Brothers loves doing all their stuff with, you know, multiple universes. We can lead up to the storyline with The Rift. You know, okay. maybe write okay. it differently that you don't have to bring in every DC character, but bring in maybe at least two, three main ones to have them go into that rift storyline. That would okay. be, and I, I right or, or or do it animated, but I I I I would see really, I, I want a big budget picture, and the reason also is because Hardware was the first character released under the Milestone brand, so I know a lot of them times were saying, oh. Just do this character as a streaming service. I want this character to have the big hoopla. Since he was the first one to kick off the, the, the that comic book world, okay. give him the movie. You know, first movie, deal with him. Okay. Second movie, let him interact, even if the other ones make cameos. And we're talking static, like uh, um, static icon, rocket, blood syndicate, and then have him do a huge team crossover in the third movie. So the other ones might have their own series. 
but with him, it, I think a movie would work better. And when it feels so much, I guess, browbeating at one point, if we had to do it as a series, uh, a series could still work also. I'm not dismissing a series, right? A series can work mm-hmm. also, but a series would have a good budget with it. So I'm still with that. And as usual, you know what I'm going to say. 50 Cent. <sighs> Roger like I said, we're gonna, we're, no, no, no. I know where you're going here. Yeah. I, I see where you're going. Great. Executive producer. Right, fifty's always looking for something. So I say fifty cent. Either reach out to either my boy, uh, McCad Brooks, or who you were saying, Trevor Jackson. Trevor Jackson. Mm-hmm. Into hardware, and since it's kind of a division of DC, you might actually be able to pull off and put this whole world together, man. So uh, call us. We yeah. got ideas. We got ideas. Listen, I- I'm going to tell you right now. You didn't say it, and I I was actually shocked you didn't make this reference. But when you said McCad Brooks. Mm-hmm. Um, I can, I thought there was another parody, another paragraph that you're going to pull in, which is when he was playing guardian on Supergirl, right? Because he's already, he's already been in that type of action type of superhero position, wearing a body armor and that type of scenario, doing a fight scenes and everything like that. So when you said, and I realized it wasn't like, okay, okay. It's hard for me. It's hard for me. Like I, I still want Trevor, but now I can, I can, I can literally see why you were coming. You weren't coming from that point, but I was seeing Chad yes. Brooks from that aspect of it because he was playing Guardian on Supergirl. Not once, not twice. He played he played as that character solid. So he can, you know, just have to be a little bit more because again, Jimmy Olsen being a nice, you know, clean cut Jimmy Olsen. Clean cut Jimmy Olsen. No. Sorry, McCat, we're gonna need you to be a little darker. That's right. Okay. Dig deep, brother. Okay. All right, all right. I right, see you. Touche. Yeah, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Touche. Here's who's we got up for. Bro. It's either Trevor Jackson or mm-hmm. the Cad Brooks. Mm-hmm. 50 Cent, produce it, be it a movie or a series. We're good either way. Let's and that it. is how we would bring hardware to life. And, and it was going to be gritty. It's going to be, and, and I'm still really with 50 on this because 50 has been bringing out some great, gritty dramas. Keep in mind to have that same feel to it. Mm-hmm. But now say, okay, it's part of a superhero genre. You know, the best superhero stories are the ones that are able to be connected by everybody. If you're able to connect to them, you know, and, and superpowers do not solve, you know, will not solve racism. Superpowers will not solve poverty. But, you know, put those characters in those situations and see how they would use their powers, maybe, or their influence to help out as best as they can right. in certain scenarios. And this is what's going to give us that great entertainment value. Oh, sounds sounds good. We um, fifty. Come on, check it out, man. Like like you've been you 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 got a a you got a lot of hits underneath your belt, and this would be like you're saying. This would be a, a another avenue, which I can't say that I can't believe you haven't been approached to do something like this. But it probably wasn't you know wasn't a character that you know connected with you. My friend, that would fit his style of what he's doing. Hits stuff exactly. Like, like, listen, please. Hopefully, by this time, you're seeing this one. This should probably be the third one, the second or third one. So basically, all I'm saying is, we still got a lot more. Just follow us. Check us out for the rest. Check us all, and just see which one that you want to just start. You just want to start, like we said. You know, hardware starters. You know, started the whole the whole city. They want to start there. Let's go. We'll have a talk. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. There you go. 
Wow. Well, that brings us to the end of another episode of the Iconist podcast. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Don't forget, you can find all our, our links on Barry, Barry3D.com. You know, support it with the Iconist page, um, the Iconist on Patreon, our coffee page, all our social media. Add us, join us, add us, whatever case it be. We're going to keep on going. We'll keep on sharing. Rod, any last words from you? Uh, what's happening? Listen, all I'm going to say is, like, definitely, everyone, we appreciate you guys, you know, coming along with the journey with us. Uh, definitely stay stay tuned. We still got a whole truckload of stuff to, to offload on you. We got a whole truckload of stuff. We still talking. We still got some. Because we're still communicating. We're communicating right. with you. We're letting you know what's going on out there in the world. Let's do it. Let's right. Do it. Right, right. And on that note, remember, this whole world was started with a piece of paper, a pencil, and lots of imagination. Everyone, keep on dreaming. Let's do it. Hardware. I am hardware. You know, he he can be pulling like a, he can be pulling a Tony Stark. I'm hardware. (laughs) I can't even walk through through a spider web without putting my arms. So somebody's touching my skin, I'm jumping and screaming. Yeah, okay. All right, over (laughs) here. Peace. Wow.